In The Now, episode nine. Today, we talk about content marketing with our own content marketing manager, Mikey C., who also produces this podcast. Stay tuned. This show is brought to you by Steel Now. Steel Now takes the pain out of buying metal, whether you've been buying for 20 years or you are new to metal purchasing. It's a difficult process no matter what your expertise. And Steel Now works with our network of over 60 suppliers to get you a fair price and a lead time that fits your project. So visit steelnow.com today. In the now, I'm your host, Tony, joined always with my co-host, Jonathan. And today we are speaking with our producer, Mikey C. And the topic today is content marketing, which is a term that I've only recently actually heard of as a solidified term. I'm kind of a dummy on this. I haven't done a whole lot of marketing in my time as a computer nerd. However, I've helped plenty of people that do marketing do their job. Uh, This is kind of my first uh, real experience with it has been at this current position here and uh, including this podcast, which I believe is considered content marketing. But anyways, welcome everybody. Jonathan, how are you today? I am doing fabulous. How are you? Doing wonderful. And Mike, how are you? Doing well, guys. Good to be on the uh, on the speaking end of this. So content marketing, Let's uh, let's just start by saying what was before content marketing and then could you define content marketing? Sure, sure. So, um, you know, a little background on me, I've been doing um, some form of content marketing for about 10 years, essentially marketing, right? You have as a business, you have your product or your service. And traditionally, your ways to market would be, you know, in-person events, communications, whether it's, you know, magazines or, or some kind of news outlet, then there's advertising, right? Over the years, probably about I'd say about 20, 15 years ago or so, I mean, it really started switching from, you know, think of it as a company rather than pitching their products or their services. What they're providing is information and information in the sense of you make that buyer smarter, help them make smarter decisions. You ultimately, the idea is you earn their trust and then eventually their dollars. And of course, when, you know, the advent of search engines and people looking, you know, they're, they're typing in questions. How do I, you know, how do I, what's the best price for X, Y, Z? How do I make this? What's the best material for that? And the content marketers, companies and content marketers there really found an opportunity to answer those questions. And, you know, by answering those questions, you had then in turn become more connected to the company. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, based off your timeline there, 15 to 20 years ago, I would say that content marketing got its start because of content-based search algorithms, right? So search search engines work that basically they have an algorithm that's written to decide how relevant a website would be to a search term. Mm-hmm. And the history of Google specifically, which is usually the king of search at this point, is that the content on your website needs to be good. And somehow Google's going to understand how it's whether it's good or not. And if your content is good, you're going to have a higher ranking in the search. So I would assume that this kind of goes hand in hand with content marketing. Am I right? It does. And and when I kind of put that 15 year time frame, that's really when it, it kind of accelerated. I mean, you look at what content marketing is. I mean, it could be a newsletter, it could be a magazine, it could be 
a blog, a podcast like we're doing right here. And it's funny enough, I, I think one of the one of the earliest examples of content marketing actually originated in the 1890s, believe it or not. John Deere put out a magazine called The Furrow, which was sent to farmers educating them on different practices, different ways of doing their business. And they they grew a loyal following just by educating their farmers. And then in turn, those farmers purchased from John Deere. So one of the oldest examples magazine that, you know, it wasn't called content marketing in, in 1895, as far as I know, uh, but um, it really kind of took off. You're right. When people started prioritizing search and the data structure and the content structure on a website. In fact, you know, when everybody started doing this, there needed to be a way to kind of prioritize which content is most effective, most relevant, the authority of the content. Essentially, it's kind of going into from what I'm getting is, you know, a knowledgeable consumer turns to be a confident consumer. Mm-hmm. And then that confident consumer attributes possibly that knowledge to your content marketing. And in turn, it kind of turns them to gain confidence or trust and loyalty from that company because they now feel like they have this knowledge or making a, you know, a well, a good purchase in their mind. And that speaks to me because I, I know kind of like what Tony was saying, when you buy things, I feel like we, we live in the world of, we need to see at least like a certain amount of reviews before you want to buy something. Um, or you need to have some kind of legitimacy from a company that feels like they're providing you with everything before you buy it. That way you don't feel like there's something missing. Well, I think you hit on something good there, Jonathan, because a lot of times the company doesn't know who's asked that anybody's out there even looking, right? So if you can answer the question before they even get to you, you've already, you've already, you've already kind of earned some trust, right? So, you know, for example, let's say someone's out there saying, you know, what's, what's the price of steel in, in your, right? So they're, they're not going to call you up, Jonathan, right? You know, they might just do a, a search on that. And if something comes up from steel now that answers that question, you're already answering a question and, essentially getting awareness to somebody that you didn't even know was looking for. And I think that's the first step in kind of an effective content marketing strategy is understanding who's your audience, where do they exist and what questions are they asking that they might not already be at kind of the research, right. You know, the, the research before they go for examples, like buying a car, you're out there, you're, oh, you're yeah. doing your research before you even look, for example, you get, uh, I heard a, heard a really good, a really good example of missed content marketing, right? So let's say you're leasing a car from Nissan. Nissan sends you something. Hey, your lease is about to expire. Here's all the paperwork for turning that in, blah, 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 blah. Well, a missed opportunity is, you know, put, hey, you know, come in, test drive a new car, right? So right away, when you get that in the mail, you're like, shoot, I need to get a new car. Maybe I should consider Nissan. Well, nope. Now I'm out there driving around and I see a Toyota, I see a, you know, a Ford or whatever. So now I'm considering them, right? So how do you, you know that they're going to be making that decision. So you want to capture them when you can, right? Right before they even start their research process. Is it is any part of it also kind of understanding what might come in your example there, you know, leasing a car. We know that you have a set lease because we offered you your lease and we know when it's going to expire. So is part of that kind of being like, I know something about your situation and I'm here to help. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you're expiring your lease and I'm here to help get you a new one. Yeah. You know, their situation before any of your competition does. See, I've always thought that yeah. this is like a missing, this is a missing piece of most 
blue collar specifically, uh, traditional industries, you know, for instance, if I have a roofing contractor come out and help fix a roof, that guy should probably email me six months later and say, Hey, we want to do a quick checkup to make sure everything's looking right on your roof. And then six months later, Hey, we want to do this uh, yearly leak proof insulation thing on whatever pipe. Cause these are things that when you have a new roof installed, they tell you, you know, in one year, you're going to need to make sure you, you have a touch up of the tar around this, this chimney here. And then in five years, you're going to have to have a recode of this, like specific things like that. It's, it's always been daunting to me that they don't, automatically follow up with me in that time and remind me that I need to do that. And therefore it's really easy to say yes, to go ahead and let them do that since they took care of the roof originally. Right. And I feel like that's, that's a missing piece of many different industries at the point at the current point. And I think knowing that information that people will absolutely jump on those types of simple maintenance things forever because that needs to get done anyway. And they'd rather be safe than sorry when it comes to their roof. It makes a lot of sense to have content marketing as a solution to any industry. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of companies miss out on is how do you, you already have the customer, whether it's the lease example or your roofing example, you have them and you have them before anybody else has them, essentially. You know when their needs are coming up, you know that the lease is gonna expire, you know that, hey, I did your roof, it's gonna, <laughs> for lack of a better term, fall apart in 10 years. So get on top of that. You know, a perfect example is the roofer that, creates the creates a good experience while you are working with them goes a long way to building loyalty and word of mouth marketing. What I mean by that is, let's say you're a builder, you're a roofing contractor, you offer something as simple as, hey, I'm going to email you every day a, a video or some kind of recap of what we did today. We kept you involved in the process. You know, average person might like that. Someone might not like that. They delete the email. I know me, I'll, I'll open that up. I'll, I'll watch, Hey, look what they did to the roof. That's really cool. I'll show my friend, you know, and my friend will go, Hey, I need a roofer. That's cool. You know, I'm going to, Oh, would you recommend these guys? Sure. Yeah. They give, uh, I don't, I don't know how the work is. Yep. They're giving me some cool updates. So it's, it's content marketing in the moment too. So it's finding, finding a way to do that. I think is, is the key, what everyone's trying to figure out these days. So I guess you might say that content marketing isn't necessarily just for the masses. It can be for your individual customer because you never know if he's sharing that with somebody else because it's cool, interesting, or very new. Right. All right. So (laughs) let's, um, let's change gears. And I wanted to just do a brief, how does steel now use content marketing? Yeah. Um, so this podcast, right? This is a version of content marketing for us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We have the blog. Yep. Right. What yep. else? Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing that the market information, I mean, we're, it's an exciting industry in the sense of over the past 12, 18 months, things have changed so much in the steel market. Prices are so turbulent, availabilities all over the place. So our customers, are looking for, how do I find it? I mean, our tagline, right, is we find the metal so you don't have to. What does that really mean? Going back to the, we're, edu- you know, educate me, send me some information that keeps me educated. That's, uh, we do a, we do something called the Market Minute where we give a little snap, a snippets of, it's meant to be read in a minute. We even have like a little timer in the background to say, here's, you know, 30 seconds on carbon steel, here's 30 seconds on aluminum, here's 30 seconds on freight, right? The idea is short read, short attention spans, like you said, Jonathan, right? Get them educated. And the fact is, you know, if we consistently give you some information, we're going to earn their trust. So it's, it's something like that. We're just trying to prove that we are a resource and we know we do, we can find the metal so they don't have to. We're doing that through multiple, 
multiple ways, um, kind of giving the information to the customer. Is there a social media outlet you think that we would never pursue in the current climate? I wouldn't say I would never look at something. You have to always be looking at everything and exploring every angle. Um, You know, there's there's the there's the belief that there's the belief that Facebook is kind of fading off. But, you know, I, I would say that there's still relevancy there because any of your audience is on that channel. Also, like if you're on Facebook, I don't know about you guys, but like I don't pay so much attention to like company posts on Facebook as I would because I'm there to do something different. I'm there to to to, you know, connect with my family or, you know, see some update from some random weird thing my buddy in high school did, right? I'm not I'm not almost paying attention to that message. But Oh, there's a balance there, but you know, you know, do you have to be there or not? So, I mean, that's, that's one that I would say maybe is fading, but not so much to the point where I would just say, let's just abandon it. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like the landscape is always shift, like changing. Right. So like, yeah. we may not feel like, well, maybe that doesn't fit us now, but you know, it even comes to mind how, I mean, maybe in TikTok and some of these other Instagrams, they do these how to's, I mean, who would have thought like, anybody would be interested in like, Oh, did you know, or have you seen? And a lot of people are like, Oh, wow. I never knew that. Or first time in my life. So I feel like there's always different type of content that changes. I mean, even Instagram, like Instagram used to just be one of those, like, I don't want to type. I just want to post a picture. And all you do is you post a picture and everybody looks at that. But if you look at it now, I mean, I even follow a lot of my like clothing companies that I buy stuff from or individual companies that I like to support rather than bigger brands. And most of their marketing or like drops or content is on Instagram. They post it in their stories. They have their shop in their bio, things like that. It's kind of interesting just to see how social media is even shifting with content on yeah. there as well. Well, Instagram changed from their algorithm to promote more video than they did mm-hmm. um, photo, right? And, yep. you know, I, I try to think, and we talk about this all the time, is, you know, our customers, they build cool stuff with metal, you know, and they're the metal hobbyists, things like that. And, and you know, others want to see stuff like that. So we really want more pictures of that because the metal we're, we're helping them source is, is building some cool things, barbecue pits and, you know, I think there's a cattle rancher, you know, who we talk to all the time, some really cool stuff. So it's a very visual, the steel industry is a very visual medium. So um, I think channels like that are very important and YouTube to a degree of some kind of telling stories around how they're using the metal or, you know, what, what, what they're creating and how the process they want about it ultimately tells the story of steel. Now they're saying, Hey, I had a problem. I needed, I needed steel. I needed it. And now um, didn't know where to find it. Talk to this person, look at the cool stuff I'm making. Right. And it almost kind of embeds it into the head of the viewer that I build cool stuff. I want to build cool stuff. Maybe I should talk to steel now. Right. And everyone loves a story. So that's the thing I didn't, that's an, you know, another major trend that's been there forever. One talks about storytelling, storytelling, storytelling. That's, that's what it's around and done right. And I think that's, that ultimately wins over customers. Yeah. Storytelling and expertise. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Cause if, I mean, I didn't really know until I got into the industry and now my wife makes jokes at me because I would notice something and be like, oh, this is made out of this and it's (laughs) super boring to talk about. But a lot of people will be really surprised at what is made out of metal or what takes certain types of metals and uh, to make something that they use every day or something that they didn't even think was that important, but they definitely need it, right? So a lot of the how-to and a lot of the how it came from this little like piece of 
metal to this finished product, I think is something that's super interesting as well that people don't know about. I think what some companies miss out on is the fact that it's their opportunity to kind of not only just show off what they're doing, but it's actually a promotion for them, right? They're building something by you, by virtue of sharing that you're showing the process and you're showing the cool thing that's made. And someone that wants to purchase that would connect with that person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. As as a callback to our ode to the trades, uh-huh. um, content marketing is kind of your way of, of showing the customers that you might have the pride that you've taken into your work, the cool things that you've built, the just whatever you're doing. Um, it's a way to share that with the rest of the world and maybe gain new customers as a result. Right. right. Cause, cause all the trades are what they're showing me. Right. I mean, everybody, for lack of a bet, for, for not to blanket over it, everyone lays tile the same way. Everyone mm-hmm. puts up a frame the same way, right? What's what makes you different? Different, you know, let me see the process. Maybe yeah. do something cool. There's a cool technique that I haven't seen. It's a whole visual medium. I mean, if, if, if you're looking at like a plumber or any kind of trade, you sometimes you just kind of look at the first person you find on Google, they might not be the best. You're just finding them because they made it easier for them to find, but, you know, have them show off their work. I think that's, that's really important. And content marketing is largely not necessarily that you're the best, but you're willing to show the world it and you think it's good and people wouldn't know what's good or bad. You know, I've seen lots of people showing off their beads from welding, you know, look at my welding beads. They're very clean. I don't understand that what what's good and what's not there, but they seem to really respect each other's beads. From what I'm getting from our conversation, it kind of has this like, hey, I'm I'm opening up to you. I'm showing you everything. I'm not holding anything back uh-huh. type of marketing. Right. Like people appreciate that. I feel like a lot of these I don't know if you guys follow them or if you, you and your wives ever get like interested in them but i know like my wife she's like a big foodie she loves food and all that good stuff so sometimes like we'll see a place that will display either on youtube or on an ad like how they made the food and what products they use and what the quality is and for some reason when you see that process and you see the quality and almost like the effort that gets put into it it makes you want to go makes you want to go eat there more yeah than it does and just being like oh well it's a burger you know absolutely like we went to a place in new york and this guy he's like made the first cronut but like i don't know the full story i mean i, I saw it but he made like it takes him like days a what a before cronut? a cronut it's like cronut. A croissant and a donut this is the first time i've ever heard of a cronut oh yeah. man that was a craze like eight years ago oh my god yeah Where so he I made it at? and it's still a craze in new york city like people line up every day for it but like he like makes the dough and it has to sit for days until it gets a certain like quality that he likes and then he like fries them on you know makes them and then puts like every flavor is different every week like it's pretty cool but like there's no way i would really care if i didn't see the process or hear about it through some kind of like marketing or content because now that i see how it's done i'm like oh man this guy really puts a lot of effort and love into that and i want to go buy it because i can tell that he cared about it right totally true Uh, you know I, I just had a guitar delivered here right before this podcast and it's a brand of guitar that I have seen since I was like 13. I saw it in the encyclopedia of guitars. It's called Paul Reed Smith guitars and mm-hmm. these are made in Maryland. And it was a innovative guitar back, you know, 35 years ago when this company was created and they have special inlays in the neck. And I have followed how these guitars are made since mm-hmm. I was a wee lad, but they're <laughs> extremely expensive and I had an opportunity to buy one recently and I did. 
And I'm so excited to open that box for the same reason though, because I saw what was behind the guitar, you know, the factory in Maryland, how they make them, the time they spend into it, how they end up finishing them, you know, the culture of it. Exactly. The whole company has a whole process and a whole way that they do this. And it's, it's second to none. And that's why it's an exciting prospect to, to buy something like that. And you want to support people that take that much pride that they're going to show you exactly how they do it as well. Yeah. And that, that's a great point. And, and I, I'd almost cap the, the conversation by saying, you know, us at steel. Now what we try to do with our content and our intelligence, we know it's, t- we know it's tough. We know there's a, the, there it's, it's been a tough market pricing availability. We, we want to give our customers the information to make the right decision and nothing's more powerful than information. And we want to be completely transparent with, with everything. And there's, there's some secret things we're doing, you know, secret sauce, like you said, with the the algorithm, but know that, you know, there are, there are things that we can do, but you know, even if we can't kind of reveal all our cards, we can say, here's the information that like you help you maybe go to your coworkers, your boss. Hey, did you know that steel prices are, rising because of this, because of that. Well, would you learn that steel now, you know, because we want to educate the customer. And at the end of the day, this is a kind of word of mouth industry, you know, with kind of mm-hmm. a digital twist now, but I, I think where'd you hear that? I think that's, we want people to say steel now. And I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. And to call back to our episode about trust, I mean, content marketing is there to show that you are an authority in the industry and you can be trusted oh. to do exactly what you say you're going to do. And I think that's probably the most important part of doing business in, in, in today's world. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Good stuff guys. Yeah. Well, cool. So continue content marketing out there, start it for yourself, look into it. It's very important, but that's it for this time. And we'll see you next time.